What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Magical Bro Transformation Podcast, Unrelated Filler, Episode 25. I am your Magical Bro host, Nuni, here with a little bit more of a San Japan centric uh, podcast, I guess. We were able to get an interview with the man behind San Japan. Dave Hankin. A great big thanks to Dave for giving us his time and doing the interview with myself and Mike. I've always been curious about the people that put on these bigger conventions, especially uh, San Japan being one of the conventions that I haven't missed for a good amount of years. And I feel like we had a good conversation. Uh, There's a decently uh, length interview. So sit back, relax, and if you enjoy this, check out our previous episodes, our previous interviews. You could visit mbt.moe or mbt.moe or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Instagram and Twitter, we are at Magical Broadcast. On Facebook, we are facebook.com forward slash MBT podcast. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And here's the interview. So I'm sitting here at. How do you say it? Is it tapioca or tipioca? I think it's just tipioca is the, is the name of this place. All right, so I'm sitting here at tipioca with Dave Henkin. Uh, if you don't know, he's a man, as far as I know, behind San Japan. Yes. So for those that don't know who you are, uh, how do you describe yourself? Uh, I'm the con chair uh, owner is what my business card says. Uh, I've been running or taking over San Japan uh, for most of its duration, uh, going on 13 years now. Uh, and I'd like to also put, I'm the guy who writes the big checks. <laughs> One of the like first questions I like asking people that are that I that I know around anime is how do you got involved or like how you got into anime? Because I know that different regions have different stories and different and you know different age ranges also have different stories so how did you get into anime well i actually got into it pretty late most people usually it's their childhood or uh, as a teenager to discover it uh i discovered it in my uh, early 20s and uh there was a store nearby that had like tapes for sale uh, on or tapes for rent and I started just, you know, running some tapes. And then my friend said, hey, you really need to check out Neon Genesis Evangelion. And that series just changed my life. And so I was hooked after that. I was grabbing all the tapes I could. And then I just started consuming as much anime as I possibly could. Uh, have you been living in San Antonio this whole time? Actually, surprisingly, I've only lived in San Antonio for four years. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I discovered anime when I was in Austin. I lived in Austin for about 25 years. Uh, and I ran San Japan from Austin for quite a while. Uh, then I ended up moving into Denton, and then I moved back to Austin, and I only moved here in uh, Liberty Weekend 2015. Like, how was the how difficult was it to actually get tapes and stuff in in Austin? Uh, back then, this was when VHS was the thing. Uh, getting tapes and stuff like that that wasn't hard. There was that was still when independent video stores still existed so i was able to watch you know a lot of 80s 90s you know i caught up uh watched a lot of current and back you know famous series back then what actually made you want to start an anime convention and why like why san antonio so naturally since i got into anime i discovered anime cons and we were just a group of friends who uh this this young woman who was 16 at the time she was like hey 
you know, we go to anime cons in Austin, Dallas, Houston. Let's try to see if we can start one in San Antonio. And we had no idea what we were doing. This is this was before Facebook existed. Uh, we all mostly talked on a particular message forum. We all talked on LiveJournal. And she threw out this post on LiveJournal. She said, hey, I'm th- thinking about starting an anime convention. And who wants to be on part of it? And I was like, I threw my hat in. And I was like, I'm not really sure what I'm doing, but I'll be your business manager. And and uh, at the time, I was worked for an eBay company at the time. And so I knew a little bit about business, but you know not that much. Uh, so we just kind of got it all together. She did a lot of the pre-planning, super early pre-planning. She came up with the name, uh, San Japan. Uh, she started scouting out hotels. Uh, and uh, she got a group group of us together. We were all, you know, we, and we all didn't live in San Antonio. We were like Austin, Houston, Dallas based. We all that, we're from all over Texas, basically. And that's kind of been the whole group of San, San Japan has been just people from all over Texas come together for this. We're not all based in San Antonio. We actually have a, a lot of people in Dallas. Then we have a lot of people in San Antonio too. Uh, but yeah, that's how it all really really came just came together. Is uh, we, we learned, we crashed and burned a lot. Like she quit at one point, I ended up taking over, paying for everything, and I just put in everything, you know, I even put in my entire life savings to try to make sure that San Japan uh, was viable, and it, and it happened. It, it took three years, but we made it happen. So you kind of gambled there uh, for a bit. Uh, when, uh, there was a, a crossroad at one point, like the hotel we originally signed, they said, hey, you got to leave. And so I could at that point just walked away. Uh, all the money I invested into the, into the show, I could have been completely done. And then I just said, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. Uh, I got, I met a person who was running the Mizumi Anime Club out at Arlea Lake University. And we got to talk and they were like, hey, we want to do a show. And I was like, hey, I've been interested in doing a one-day show. And I actually turned out one of the best ideas ever is I got my staff to like, learn the intricacies and like practice so that was our, our day zero we had about 800 people show up to it um and then that gave us you know a structure of how to put it on the big show and like 3,000 people showed up to the big show in 2008 i was reading up on you know some stuff beforehand and i saw that uh your day zero show was uh kind of uh it started you know like you said over there at the with the mizumi club I was always wondering why it was called a Mizumi-Con. I didn't know that it was an actual like uh, anime club that was, or you know, that you partnered up with to to do that. Yeah, actually, they they were the one actually came came up with the name Mizumi-Con. Yes, it was called a Mizumi Anime Club. Uh, I don't think that no, actually, that anime club is still around. And uh, it was just more of a tend to be like a test run. It was also a makeup of the uh, first one, Century 1.0, which didn't actually happen. That's why we called it San Japan 1.5 when it when it did debut it, uh, and they came back to me and said, "Hey, this worked great. Can we do a you know? Can you co-chair a second year?" And I'm like, I really didn't want to at the time. I was like, I twisted my arm. I was like, sure, but I said with one stipulation is that after this, I'm done. I'm completely done. So they so they spun it off and called it MizumiCon, and uh, you know, like like a. 1,200, 1,300 people showed up for it. And I said, your club has got to run it now. And so it's, it's been going now. Uh, even thought they're no longer with the university. Actually, the university at one point said, you got to leave. So they left the university, and they've been floating around San Antonio to be like the alternate alternative to uh, San Japan. So 
starting at something I don't want to say so small because the 800 people is like nothing to nothing to laugh at. Um, but how how was the transition from you know those 800 people to the tens of thousands? <laughs> Uh, I think how, what was the, the attendance for San Japan this, this year? year? It was uh, this year's attendance was twenty thousand one hundred seven, which uh, on a twelfth year is really good. Uh, a lot of it, I mean, I did uh, most of the work when it first started up. Yeah, I was doing majority of the work. I micromanaged, and by year three, there was a, a time in year three like I was completely burned out. I was like, I'm totally done with this. I there was a one point like I collapsed. In the air, in the room where, where our main headquarters was, because I was so exhausted putting all this together, and that's when I finally realized, you know, maybe I need to diversify. And then that took years of just people saying, you know, here's your resp- job responsibility, and did you do this? And we did a lot of recruiting. We did, we've done those every year. We've done, uh, I want to say, there's certain points we've done a lot of recruiting. Like year one, I, I recruited a lot of people. Year three, after I moved it up to Denton, that's when we started getting a lot of Dallas people. Uh, and then year five, year seven seems to be, we, that's when we get our good core people. And then now we haven't even really, we don't even have to do recruitments anymore because we have such good references that people just come to us and go, Hey, I want to do this specific job. I'm like, great. And as long as we make sure that they're competent, uh, I mean, again, I'm going to say like one good volunteer is almost as, uh, good as 10 able bodies. You know, it's. You, it's, it's amazing what one person can do and just uh, for a team there's some people who just are absolute rock stars for what they do in, in within San Japan uh, to expand on what you just said right now about um, as far as like managing and everything like that um, so say I guess this year like has it over the years gotten easier um, in terms of like I guess workload for you personally because I do see that you like uh, you do like you're very active like as far as setting everything up like especially on the Facebook uh, page like I, I see you like responding to like all the messages there and I'm like man that guy is just all over the place there. Uh, I mean there's a lot of pre-work I mean this is my full-time job um, and my staff is well aware that I'm the only one who gets paid this is the only this is the only person who's going to work full time, everybody else on the board, like we have a board of directors set up and that took years to get set up. We got that set up in a few years ago and everybody on the board of directors, like I, I push them and be like, you need to be on call at all times. You need to be putting in 500 to a thousand hours, uh, in all this. And everybody's even the directors down, expect to put hundreds of hours and, and they're understanding, like they're not going to get compensated for it, but, of uh, the one thing I, it's across the board of like, you're not going to get compensated, but we make sure at the convention you're taken care of. You're not going to be crammed into rooms of AIDS. You're not going to be eating uh, literally ramen and, and apples and stuff like that. Uh, we make sure like up and down, we take care, good care of you. Uh, but going back, one philosophy, I learned this at a show and I've really stuck to it was I went to a show in California. I go to shows all, all over and this is also another way how I, learn about positions and learn more about conventions. I would scout conventions. I would work at conventions uh, and still some of the great ideas and, and secrets, uh, you know, like not like, you know, like open secrets. They're like, this is, hey, this is a good idea. So I'll go ahead and, and implement it into the show. But I went to a show in California and uh, I went to their head and uh, the person who was escorting me around, they, were, they took me to where the uh, co-chairs and the chairman was. And they're literally just sitting on, on beanbag chairs and they're just BSing. And the guy running the show at the time said, and these are the words I, I stick by, he said, once your show starts, you're done. You should just hand over everything to, to your, your staff and you have to trust your staff to run it. And every year, 
like the time when the show starts is when I'm, I'm practically done. Like this year, I was almost doing piddly stuff on Thursday because just because my staff was just already on the level of we know what we're, we're, we're here for, we, we know what we're doing. So that's, yes, it is hard work beforehand. I can tell you the stress up here. I mean, I, I know that won't translate in the podcast, but it's, you know, above, <laughs> above, above my head, yes. Uh, but yeah, that's why I'm very active uh, about answering questions. Sometimes they've even said, look, Dave, you need to kind of like turn down your snark because <laughs> you don't have to answer these questions like immediately. But I'm always, I'm very obsessed. As you can very obviously tell, I'm very, very obsessed with this show. And just, uh, I don't remember if I mentioned this on the, on the actual like San Japan recap podcast, but just to give people a good idea of how involved you are with San Japan, I think I ran into you af- when I after I got out of the rave. I, w- I was pretty exhausted, and I was just sitting down talking to some people, one of your staff members, and it was like three thirty in the morning or something like that. And you come out of the rave <laughs> just looking tired, yeah. just pretty tired. And I, I ask you how, like, what, what time you had to wake up tomorrow and you said well whenever the con starts and they said wow how do you do that and that's just that's that just show that just goes to show the amount of what well like you said you you trust your staff and you 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 let them take over but also i feel like th- that just shows how much you as far as you know from the outside looking in enjoy the convention itself um how many of the do you ever actually get to walk around and see and talk to people whenever san japan's going on now, yes. I've, for the last few years, uh, things will be going smoothly. Uh, this time, after a few fires on Friday, but after about Friday, 1, 2 o'clock, yeah, I, I absolutely enjoyed the show. I actually knew I wanted to see. I got to see everything I wanted to see. Generally, most of the concerts, because I really enjoy music. Uh, but, yeah, no, I get, I get to enjoy the con. I get to do what I want to do. It's, it's nice. I get to flash the big badge. And I go, and they just go, oh, okay, big boss. You know, and then I just go right, go right on in and such uh yeah no I, I do enjoy my con in the last few years absolutely i've gotten to enjoy my cons um but the only downside is i don't generally get to meet the guests until sunday so even though uh, i do select most of the guests the majority of the guests uh based on recommendations based on what's trendy uh i do and i there's just certain guests that are like i'm really stoked to meet and that's where or, or go to their uh, concerts like duos infinity this year Oh my goodness, that took so much work to, to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if y'all got to see it, but it was a lot of work to get that happen. But when I was sitting there, and I was just so happy because, you know, 16 months of work, finally we got them, and we got them back to San Antonio. So on the topic of, um, of uh, like, high-profile guests that you had, so how did the whole Teddy Lloyd thing happen a few years back? I, I've been curious ever since it happened. I was super surprised that the, you guys had that listed, but I was just um, really curious as to how that whole thing came about. I was just... So the, the more years to do this, the more going travel around, around you, you build up connections. And I uh, got in contact with people who originally booked Teddy Lloyd in 2017. I uh, knew, knew him on Facebook. We talked back and forth, back and forth. We got the, just everything negotiated. Uh, and actually, Teddy Lloyd has a different agent. And 
Uh, I definitely know that's been one of our highest, most requested guests. But it, also, it really just kind of connections. Like I go to Japan, and I'm going to Japan in October. I go to Japan about once a year just for, for the intent of like, hey, I want to build more connections. I want to build, and I want you to come to my convention. Now, it's a little harder because they're like San Antonio. I've never heard of San Antonio. Uh, I mean, they're all used to like, the, you know, they want to go to Chicago, New York, L.A. Uh, anywhere, they, they love places where you can get direct connect connections to uh, that city. Uh, and some of the more famous ones, but all they know about Texas is is cowboy boots, cowboys, pickup <laughs> trucks, gun, guns, uh, yeah, uh, and bar. But they love barbecue. I can tell you that. Oh, they love barbecue and steak. Uh, but to really, it's just connections that has come down to. And don't be surprised since this Taylor is super uh, requested. I have definitely talked to Taylor Lloyd's agent about about potential return. Oh, yeah. Because he got his visa worked out uh, a couple of years ago, so now he can go. He can come in and out of the, uh, the U.S. as much as he wants. And I've been coming to the con. I mean, I can't say how many years. I want to say since uh, Samurai Seven. Okay. Um, I don't know if I came for uh, Pen Six, the Sinister Six. I, I want to say right after, but um, I noticed like a little bit. I don't know. I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention because I was younger, you know, back then, or. If you've been implementing uh, slowly but surely, like more 18 plus kind of uh, panels and uh, just events and stuff, um, what made you decide? If you did, if you did, like slowly start implementing it, what what did you, what made you decide to try and you know give that a shot? Well, we get we get a lot of submissions, and uh, what well, we we do angle it is try to be fam- all ages, family friendly. Uh, we do realize we have we have an older crowd. They are getting older, and um, that's just kind of programming that we're getting people are requesting for. And so we go ahead and put that at the top of the list. We even have a, almost a dedicated room. If we have enough programming, we almost dedicate an entire room to just to 18 plus programming. Uh, I mean, it's based on what fan submissions get in, but we we ban uh, or try to. Uh, deter is maybe the best way I could put it, but it's, it is listed on the form of ban. We try to ban like 18, oh, not 18, sorry, Q&As, character Q&As. So we, try to, we just try to make sure the programming is not stale. It's not these uh, character Q&As where people just, you know what those are, right? Yeah. yeah uh, for those who are listening, it's basically who go up and they, you say a series and the people cosplay and they try to act out like whatever they think that character would be. But uh, the feedback has been atrocious about about this, to say the least. I mean, I know they're getting they're, they're getting away around it. It's like, well, let's do trivia and such. And, and we're like, you know, it's great grayish, but we'll allow it. Uh, for 18 plus, uh, we just think that's a lot. You know, that's what people want. So we go ahead and, and we used to be really paranoid of like try to do everything at, at you know, late night. Uh, and such, but we found that very difficult to do. So it was just like, uh, screw it, we'll just do everything in one panel, you know. And people were, you know, reactive to it, and they they liked it a lot. So uh, we definitely want to, add, you know, if you want to submit eighteen plus panels, and it's you know a decent submission, we'll probably get a chance that we'll be able be willing to host it at San Japan. And also, I should say, we are even talking to a group that's very interested to doing some, you know, dedicated eighteen plus programming. You know, that's legal. That is, that is, it's all completely legal, but like they approached us immediately after San Japan, this past San Japan, and we're like, hey, we want to bring this group down. We're all 18 plus. And uh, we even said, hey, can you do any family-friendly versions? Like, no, not really. <laughs> but uh, we're like, well, this is just a unique idea that we're going to go ahead and just, you know, we're, we try to be accepting. Now, we feel like San Japan is the convention in town 
of being completely accepting of whatever your fandom is, whatever you're into, you know, Comic-Cons you're limited to, just, you know, whatever pop culture is, but San Japan is that one location that, whatever you're into, it doesn't have to be anime, primarily anime, but whatever you're into. This year you've had everything from fandoms from Overwatch to Legend of the Overfiend. So it's like, it's a pretty wide span of, of, uh, I guess, popularity and uh, interest. Uh, and I also felt like, I feel like for being such a big convention, San Japan does a pretty good job on what the panels are and uh, how they organize everything. There are sometimes when, you know, this is obviously, you know, from person to person, there's going to be uh, certain schedules that line up and they have like, they have a bunch of things that they're interested in and they happen to be at, uh, you know, at the same time. So that's just uh, the nature of a, of a convention, I feel like. But how did you, how did you get so organized i guess is a question i want to ask a lot of dedicated dedication i mean and it's just not one person i got a board of directors who are very dedicated to it i i gotta think like david ramirez and angelica uh and moose uh these are just some people who again this is my board of directors or just and my girlfriend uh who puts up with a lot of my screaming and yelling because i am Definitely, and get very frustrated a lot of times. Uh, and, but they put up a, a lot of me. I mean, this is why at closing ceremonies, they look forward to it because it's like the, the one chance that they get to torture me about all this. Uh, but I think it helps out that a lot, we have a lot of longtime staff and we, we definitely, we, we made sure that they were uh, recognized at the uh, last closing ceremonies. Uh, the common, it's around five to seven years is where most of the staff uh, come on board. And we uh, came up with an idea recently, uh, a couple years ago, because uh, we used to have this, this confu- super, super ultra confusion of volunteers and staff volunteers, that's what we used to call them. So we decided to do something like, um, we call it a rangers program. So, and the rangers program is, uh, instead of giving these ultra, we used to give these general volunteers some great perks. And then we, uh, uh, but the, uh, the staff volunteers weren't getting that great of perks. And we were like, well, let's flip it and let's give the, the general volunteers just like, hey, work your basic hours and just do a few uh, tasks and we'll give you, you know, we'll, we'll feed you in a snack suite and you get a free batch. But after a few years, we need to bump you up to Rangers and you need to put in, you need to put in some serious hours, serious hours, but that's the thing that comes in like, we're going to take care of you from the moment you arrive to the moment you leave. Uh, and the organization, I just, again, it's just people who've been doing this for years. It's, it's like clockwork at this point. That's why you know, we were, we were even surprised by Thursday, just everything was just falling in place. Uh, you know, we, we go back and we evaluate. I mean, we're already going to have like three manager meetings within the next three months. You know, it just tells you how dedicated we are and how much we we're just we, we pour so much time and effort and heart into into all of this, which it's, it's, a, it's a very obvious. We've probably been to other shows and you're like, this is all falling apart. <laughs> I 
won't mention any names for the uh, con, but um, I did go to another one earlier this year, and uh, things kind of fell apart right from the get-go with that one. And it, 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 I think it's bad when like um, you can actually see where things are going wrong. And so, yeah. Um, the question I wanted to ask you, though, was, um, so how are you dealing with like the growth of uh, San Japan over the years? Because um, I've been coming for, yeah, about five to six years, and um, I noticed this year especially um, that like uh, you guys had, I guess, a better layout, like um, especially the artist alley. Um, typically it's a little chaotic, but, uh, this year it was, everything was super smooth. Like everything was like laid out perfectly and such. And, um, speaking to a lot of artists, um, I found that, um, a lot of them were saying that this was like their first year here and then some of them weren't even from Texas. So, um, I don't know, I guess, uh, just like, yeah. So how are you dealing with the, the well, to go on that, like I read all the feedback and that was one of the, that was one of the biggest complaints was artist alley was a mess. And, uh, and actually funny thing, uh, when we got so 2018, the tables were laid out, uh, and I do the layouts, and I and we got there, and I was like, okay, this is gonna be a mess, and then we knew, and I was right. After the end of 2018, we got a lot, we got a flack about it. So I went back and said, okay, I'm gonna go back to the drawing board and I'm gonna shift some things around, uh, and that's where I it was, it was like, okay, this is a good idea. We get there, and the tables are put out, put out, and I'm like, okay, this is all messed up once again. So we spent an hour reconfiguring everything just to get it just right. Uh, what was the question? What was the rest of the question? <laughs> it was, uh, sorry, I, I kind of jammed two into one. But um, yeah, the uh, the the other question I just had was um, just uh, like in terms of uh, yeah, just how are you dealing with um the fact that like the uh, yeah the the, the expansion of the uh, of the uh, whole con? Uh, well, I, so we had a great uh, outpouring of people. Like we only had to do one recruitment event, and that wasn't even just minor. Uh, we're getting a lot of good people who rec are recruiting their friends and family. And we had an explosion of people. We knew also how many uh, no-shows were going to show up to. We already know the metrics and numbers about that. So we actually over-recruited. And we, if, it, if everybody had showed up, it would have been like 650 volunteers total. But only we ended up like a little over 400, 450 showed up. Um, I don't have the exact numbers, but that's what kind of what, what I was told. Uh, about it and we we just prepare we just absolutely over you know we almost over there's some departments are overstaffed about that there are some departments like our safety department uh even with 150 people it's still not enough people uh because again we're so spread out we, we have so much space to cover and everything like that so some some were ready and prepared and some were not uh but uh going on like when it's obvious uh when you see the fires that's the bad thing. Like, if you can't see our fires, which there are, there are plenty. Actually, I purposely stay off the radios because I, it's where most of the fires are going on. Uh, but I learned, just like, if I get on the radios and hear it, I'm just going to blow up. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to be like, why are you ruining my convention? And, you know, they just, just go back to, I got to trust my convention and my staff to, to run it. But if you're not seeing the fires, that's fantastic. That means we're doing a, a, a well-run show about all this. Another show that you have to put on is uh, the Mini Minicon. At the Mall of the Americas, or what is, is it? The Mall Wonderland, of the Wonderland, Wonderland, Wonderland Mall of the Americas. It used to be called Crossroads. Oh, okay, and I want to say I've been wanting to go since last year. Well, since two years ago, and then I caught the tail end of it this. I think this year, uh, just because I happened to be in town, and I was like, oh well. I mean, I'm already here. Might as well go. Maybe I can try and convince these three guys that I'm with to go with me, <laughs> even though they might not want to go. But I ended up going, and I had never, I had never seen uh, something, something like that. Well, 
I've never been to that mall before, except to uh, watch a My Hero movie. But I've never seen something so, um, like, the ambience around there was just so, like, relaxed and cool. But I've never seen something run in such a way, like a, a convention run inside of a mall. I've been to a few conventions, not, like, too many. But uh, what made you decide to to do a mini convention free and in a mall? So that one was, so we, so for a few years, we always had this, like usually April, May, we would have, we would just do an event at a store, a promo event, and we would just give out snow cones. And we would just do little, little small games. And uh, the store I used to do this at, uh, I'm no longer working with, they're, long, they're out of business. And I started working with Ninetales, uh, with Justin Surface. And he came to me and he said, and he, he said, I have an issue every May, it, would, it never fails, my sales just, just, just drop like, like a tank. And what if we did like a little mini convention? And so we came up, we schemed together and we came up with the idea of like starting mini mini con. And the intent was literally, the, the name of it is because we thought it was just gonna be a mini convention. It was just gonna be a little small, and we'll have a few artists, we'll just, we'll have, a, we had a stage out, outdoors, and a few cosplayers were like, okay, you know, it's a mini convention. And we just, you know, announced it as free. Well, this kept growing, and, it, and the word of mouth kept go, getting bigger and bigger. Like, we went from 400 to 1,000 to 2,000, 4,000. And uh, luckily, uh, I got to the point that it was like, I can't run this show. Well, I can't be dedicated to this show, and I can't do the other one, because that one, again, took a lot of time into it. So my assistant, uh, Rudy... You know, I, I handed it over to him and I said, hey, why don't you run the show? Help me run the show. Uh, and he co-runs and now he has, he's actually the chairman or the person, main person in charge for all this. And then after, even after this year, we decided to we're actually we're going to split off Mini Minicon to be its own entity. We're going to have, we're still going to use, we're still going to tap into San Japan resources, but we're going to try to have our its own staffing. We're going to, we're just, we're going to do all the planning separate from San Japan. So like even the board of directors has no involvement into, into Mini Minicon. And that was just, you know, that was, again, that was a, intended to be small and it blew up because I think everybody just loves a free convention and the artists and vendors love it. They say they make buku dollars from it. So, uh, yeah, that was it's just every year the mall and the mall is very supportive because it's generally to be blunt, it's a dead mall. And so they're very receptive of nerd events, like this kind of stuff. Uh, so we, uh, and we've now become one of the biggest events at that, at that mall every year now. So, you know, it's and there's a supportive of it of like, can we do this idea? Absolutely, and it's all based on what space is available too. That is the one downside. But we're generally, we're we're betting that that space, whatever space we're, we're probably going to put blank into, it's going to be available. So uh, we take advantage of it, and I think just another one that's one of those word of mouth that's got around. Like, oh my goodness, I can't afford fifty, eighty dollars to go to San Japan, but I really want to get my my weeb on. So, <laughs> so, so here's a, a, a you know a free event, and like you know, unlike the convention center, you know, like we can do food trucks, uh, and we bring in a lot of the same contacts from San Japan. So we call it a preview, and it's also we make it's now self sufficient. Like as much money as uh, the revenue we bring in from vendors and artists. Uh, now pays for the convention itself, so we're so we're able to add more and more every every year to it. How much do you keep up with like the current uh, popular, I guess, series that are going on right now? Because I know, and I, I do this podcast, but a lot of my interests are, and in, like, I want to say things that from the past that people haven't heard about, and that's what. So I I like look into the past things that have come out. And I don't I don't really keep up too much with the current season of anime, other than. 
uh, what my friends are watching or what's being like advertised or talked about. Uh, are you keeping up with like everything that's current right now or most of the stuff? Uh, this is actually a joke uh, within my staff that I don't really watch anime anymore because <laughs> I'm just so focused on San Japan. Uh, and my girlfriend actually is the one who does all the wa uh, watching. So I'm, I'm working from my office and I hear her watching anime all the time. And she keeps me up. And I read, I'm very, I, I am very close to watching trends. And I read ANN obsessively, so that's where, like, every year, it seems like we're on the, we're on top of what what is current. What are people into? Like, we had the My Hero. I knew My Hero was already big, so that's why we immediately when we got done with last year, I got the My Hero cast uh, signed on as soon as we could. And I already know, you know, based on what's current trends and our, our theme, I I kind of have a good idea. So I, I do pre plan of like I try to stay on top of what is what is current. So. Uh, but it's based on trends, what I'm seeing, what people, basically what people are talking about. That's what I try to pull into our show. And that really helps out a lot is, you know, feedback and people are just saying, hey, I'm really in the blank. And if I see a lot of people say I'm really in the blank, maybe we should bring it up to San Japan and bring it to San Antonio because I don't think they're going to the Comic Con. So I try to do my best every year to, to bring in what people are into. And, and that's where we also try, we try every year we go back to the drawing board. Hey, what improvements, what can we add to it? Uh, probably at some point, like we we had fashion, we're gonna, we removed it. We might bring it back. You know, we're going to add some new elements every single year. Uh, we we want to make San Japan better every year. We don't want to be the same dull cookie cutter convention every year. I mean, the same. There is a lot of the same stuff that people are really into, uh, but we tried to add more to it. And that's why actually why we tried we we tried originally we're going to do like an anime and try to make fashion a big deal, but we we felt like that wasn't quite going around that well, so we pivoted. And we were like, I think gaming, gaming is the is the next is the next thing. So we call ourselves now an anime and gaming convention. And you don't look like that badass game room that was there. Yeah, it's, that was just years of talking to contacts and be like, hey, we want to do a lot more tournaments and everything like that. So that's why we got the big stage, we got bigger tournaments, and it's getting noticed. It's definitely getting. You know, we hope more people turn their heads and go, oh my goodness, we should probably do some big deals. Because, like, I look at Texas Showdown and I go, I want, I want that. I want that in my show. I see stuff at Anime Fest and I go, I want that in my show. So, you know, I, I reach out, we, or we reach out and we find that contact. We're like, how can you come to our show? So, so that's how we got. You know, we add, we, we, we want to add more. And they, they always complain like, oh man, prices are going up every year. But it's like, yes, the prices go up every year. But we take that money and we and we go ahead and we add it. Like we, uh, it's generally about 85, 90 percent of all the money that we make one year. We always just put it right back in the convention. So we, we want to make it improve the convention every single year that we can. Uh, and that's how we we've gone from. You saw us when we were like on the old side of the convention center, and we had the you know that one ballroom and that one exhibit hall, and we went from two to one ballroom, and now we're in two halls and. Uh, one large ballroom and we're already planning out of like we're gonna take over the Grand Hyatt in a couple of years we're gonna take over two-thirds of the convention center over two-thirds of the convention center it's like we know we're gonna grow and because we, we you know we bank on that word of mouth uh, that hey this is a great convention and the feedback has been you know outstanding like this year so we just but we're not gonna go over like oh we're the best convention in Texas you know and because already other conventions do that for us 
Uh, so, but we're just going to be like, <laughs> so we're just going to go and say, hey, we're just going to, we're just going to make this better and better. And, you know, we hope people come back, you know, obviously with you know, some conventions going down, like ACOM went down and everything like that, we want to go in and prove, hey, we can build and, and make a better convention every single year. So um, I'm sure you're aware of him because of how much people talk about the guy and everything. But um, I just want, yeah, I, I just wanted to know your opinion on the, uh, the preacher man who showed up every year for, uh, multiple years um, I'm not sure when he started or not but he had been going there since my first con well the first time I knew about Preacher Guy was 2016 if he was going like 2014 I, that's uh, news to me uh, that's actually we knew about Preacher Guy and then, like we came up with this I came up with this idea of like hey uh, we're tired of y'all you know antagonizing him so let's try to do something with that to stop berating him. I mean, sure, he's a perfect allowed to, to, to say what he wants to say, but we got tired of seeing people of like videos showing up and like, oh, oh we're going to mock them. Oh, we're going to start confrontations. Oh, and then we should see the ones where the police finally show up and everybody's like, ha 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 ha. We're like, God, people know this is not what we wanted. Uh, so we came up with, uh, I came up with an idea a couple of years ago and I said, hey, uh, Randy, why don't we just put some speakers out and 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 have like a dance party? This is an impromptu dance party. So so we did that and it went great. And preacher guy couldn't even he couldn't yell or anything like that. He got actually he sat there for hours waiting for. He was like, okay, if I sit here long enough, this will just go away. And uh, we went until like for like five hours. And the preacher guy just got bored and walked off. But uh, he came back on Sunday uh, the next day. Uh, but we were like, hey, uh, then the next year. Uh, somebody just randomly put out to start performing. There's just we don't even know it to this day. We would love to know who the random DJ who just randomly set up and was just just performing out there. And we were just always paranoid, like Hyatt's gonna say something, the Grand Convention Center's gonna say something, we're all gonna get shut down, and no one cared. So we're like, hey, let's do an outdoor stage this year. So and that's where we have music performances by people, you know, just people playing music outside, which was a deterrent to the preacher guy because we knew he if he showed up and he heard the music going on he can't do anything so uh i think that's the reason why is he's probably if he did show up because he, he actually hasn't been showing up to shows uh i think uh he tried he, there was one pax he showed up to and what whatever pax said or the cops said he they moved him like so far away from the convention that no one even cared. No one, he was preaching and no one paid attention to him. So I think he maybe got to a point of like, this is just futile and pointless. And that's why he doesn't, he, he didn't come around this year. I mean, well, hopefully, I mean, he wants to come and, and preach. We already have kind of some rules in place, but we're going to be playing some loud music uh, in, uh, in the wake if he shows up. Yeah, I was wondering uh, because I saw you guys put up the outdoor DJ like list and I was like, huh, so... Then last year was the guy that was out there a part of that because I didn't remember seeing that at the convention, but seeing uh, hearing you explain that he just like set up out there and implementing it this year, I thought it was pretty. Cool. I, I like the idea of I don't know how other people will feel about it, but I I, I like the idea of something going on before you even go into the convention, just like when you had the tent set up there and you had you know had the people set up their equipment there. Uh, I like that that visual. I like the sound of just even before I go into San Japan, I'm already experiencing it on the outside. Well, again, yeah, no, that guy from 2018, we had no idea who he is, and that that was actually what, what kicked it off. I actually took that dialogue and we were like, because no one said anything. The cops didn't say. We thought we were going to get busted by noise or noise ordinance, uh, but we talked to the convention center and the Hyatt afterwards, and they said. As long as you're the only group, which we are, we now take up so much space and we do so much activities. Are like, 
do whatever as long as it's not you know we don't have any uh hotel attendants because uh, we're not we don't completely take over the high yet we do in 2021 uh but they were like till we get complaints about it we can do whatever whatever just don't blast just don't blast it so uh that's going to continue and probably expand on it uh i definitely want to like expand on thursday we we implemented some new Thursday things, and we want to definitely want to make Thursday a bigger event. And maybe at some point we can call ourselves a four-day convention, but we feel like we need to add a little bit more to Thursday before we can truly call ourselves a four-day show. Because it does take two and a half days to set up. Like, we show up on Wednesday 6 a.m. to start setting up the show and everything like that. Uh, but, yeah, no, we want to add more. We, and, again, this goes back to we want to add more and more to all of this. And... Uh, I, I know it's, I have some great ideas that uh, Hyatt's like receptive of because they want uh, we had post meeting were like hey we want to try extract more money for your attendees what can we do and they're like here's some ideas we're gonna get you know give you some and so we'll see uh, what they're cool with and what we can we can pull off about all this and I know that next year is gonna be the last year at this side of the convention center I don't know how the other side looks I haven't been there I'm gonna probably go um, to a convention later on this year to to check it out. It no, it's not packed south. Uh, I like video games. I play video games, but I, I'm I'm not the kind of person that kind of like um, goes to those kind of events. I do like like fighting game fighting game stuff, which is why why I really enjoyed the the setup that you had this year. Like, what kind of a layout should people expect for not 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 this coming year, but the year year after? If you can, if you have like some sort of a, an idea of what that's going to be like in the new area. Uh, I do not. That's actually what I'm actually, that's actually my big project this year is to try to figure out what to do. So if you ever go to PAX South, uh, I get, I, I got a lot of inspiration from PAX South. Uh, and I'm, I'm with you too. I'm not a, a hardcore gamer anymore. I'm very much, you know, into the casual few games I play, uh, for the most part. Uh, and so actually when I went to PAX South, I started getting more and more bored. I started volunteering and I, but I also started seeing their ideas and layouts. I was like, Hey, this is some really good ideas. So I am going to lift a lot from uh, good ideas from Paxel to put into the new it, but I can't give you any guarantee. I might, you know, I'm trying my best of like what Pax, what works for Paxel doesn't exactly work for anime cons. I know one thing I've been harping on the years I absolutely love. It's called Jan Space uh, at the convention, uh, what Paxel does. And that's coordinated with another group called Magfest, which is another group that really inspired me of like why we have a badass arcade and why we have a lot of uh, music because I really love uh, video game music. Uh, so that's why I seen, you seem to see a lot of that uh, implemented into San Japan. Uh, but yeah, that's where I, I'm going to pull from inspirations, and I'm going to pull from what worked at, for San Japan and what works for the convention center. And we'll see, what, we'll see about all that. What's probably going to happen, because it just generally happens when we transition, is we're going to, uh, what we do for uh, that first year, we're going to find out, oh, that didn't really work. So we're going we're gonna to ship things around. Uh, year to year, and since we have that same layout for five years, uh, we can make you know trend. We will work. We will do what works, and that's why after like we're in the fourth year of the same of the setup, we knew what works. So that's why I think everything was falling into place. We we make little tweaks. I mean, it's not super noticeable, but we make little tweaks uh, in the back end system to to make it a little bit better uh, every single year. Uh, and like I said, Texas Showdown was was we. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of friends with with the people who, who organize it, so, so that's why we blew up the fire the fighting game side. We actually got some pictures of it, and, I was, and they were like, uh, "Well, Showdown did this. Let's do it better." 
I, like, I literally took some of the pictures and went to my AV guy and he said, what, what can you do better? And they're like, I can totally do better. And he came out with like, good, good, good renditions about all this. And I even showed him what, what Comic Palooza did and they were like, oh, we can totally do that. I was like, dude, I don't have a million and a half dollars to, to, to pull off this kind of stuff. So I appreciate the enthusiasm, but I can't afford that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but actually that's, that's again, that's where it comes into, you know, uh, my guys who run the gaming side. Uh, they're really working contacts and they, and they want to make sure we bring more gaming. Uh, to all of us. Nice then. Kudos to your to your gaming guys because I've been to um, I'm not gonna say any names like Mike. Uh, I've been to e- like an even bigger uh, video game focused event that's a major deal. Let's say outside of Texas, and that the way that that was run was very um, I don't want to say unprofessional. It was just like very disorganized. And you know, I I I get it. The bigger kind of event will experience bigger kind of problems, but at the same time, it seemed like even the the smallest uh, problems that you would think, oh, well, that would have been taken care of. Why, why is this happening? <laughs> why is this kind of thing happening? Uh, what's happening at that convent or at that uh, that that event? Uh, and the way I didn't enter the tournament, I was just there watching. But I did have friends that entered, and they said that everything was running really smoothly. The production was great. Like as soon as they were done, they knew exactly what they were going to do next. And it seemed like everybody knew exactly what was going on. It was run like a well-owned machine. I, I actually contract a lot of that services too. I they're not even San Japan staff. Like I, I we got to a point of like uh, volunteer work only gets to get you a certain uh, production and certain uh, what you can do. And then, but once you pay somebody, then they're going to give you a higher production. They're going to give you a higher value, and it's going to give you good returns. So. Uh, like the, the people who were doing the, the broadcasting, uh, who set up all the consoles, uh, they were hired on. There was just a few volunteers, but all sides again, all sides are aware of like who's contracted and who's doing this for, for love, love of all of this. What would you tell somebody that hasn't ever been to San Japan? Say they live what, like three hours away and they're on the fence about it, or maybe they're even out of state. And they're thinking, well, I mean, I've always wanted to go to Texas. I heard good things about the Riverwalk and, you know, this and that. What would you, t- like, say to entice them to try and come to San Japan? Well, if you like barbecue and you like a, what we view as a very well-organized and fun convention with a lot of things going on, um, and we're 24 hours, uh, we have stuff going all the time. If you, oh, and you got to admit, the area is fantastic for cosplays. Uh, we have a, a beautiful area around there and as long as you don't mind the heat come on down and we, you will probably have a fantastic time uh, we have people coming out from nearly 50 states and this year I believe it was 45 states and three countries who really will love it and uh, with the obvious growth of it a lot of people really enjoy coming back year to year so if you enjoy a great well-run Texas convention come on down I know where I can go. I know you like what I put down. I see you trying to figure out just how I got my sound. My eyes are open wide to all the hate you throw when now. I used to give a fuck of what you thought before you now. Oh my god, all of my niggas they going hard. Certified merch, no go we are. 
My chicken free, she rollin' hot She want me to be like a porn star She want me to up no Coast Guard Because I'm on fire like Dragic Fuck you and all of your nonsense Me and my team want the profits We never taking no losses Don't ever tell me to stop this I thought I'd listen to Mosh Pit I'm moving fast, don't get car sick I drop that bitch, I got options Another one coming regardless I eat the pussy, no chopsticks Yeah Running, my mind stay running Running, I'm thinking about them honeys Gunning, they